0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Panda to the People podcast. I'm your host, Justin. And today I have got episode number three for you all, NFL awards predictions. Thank you, everybody, for the support on the first two episodes. It's much appreciated. I got a lot more listeners than I actually thought. So I am very happy about how it's going. So thank you you, to you guys for tuning in to all these episodes. And today, as I said, NFL awards predictions. So who I think will win each of the NFL awards this upcoming season, the 2022 season, And this is obviously a topic that is hotly debated every single year entering the season and during each season as well. Um, So I've got Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and MVP. I've got my predictions for all of those awards entering the season, and these could look great by the end of next year, or these could look absolutely terrible. I mean, I could very easily go 0 for 7 on this. Hopefully that's not the case. But I did, you know, obviously a fair amount of research for these. And I think that these are some pretty good players, some pretty good choices to settle on for these awards. So I'm going to start off with my Offensive Rookie of the Year prediction. And that player is Brees Hall, running back for the New York Jets. So here's my thought process. this and before people you know jump down my throat saying hey I'm just a biased Jets fan you know that's why I'm choosing him this year is not quite as strong of a crop in terms of possible contenders for offensive rookie of the year if you look at the draft class a there's no quarterback of that caliber like of that offensive rookie of the year caliber Kenny Pickett is the only guy who could realistically start a lot of games and that's not even a guarantee. He's probably not going to start the year as the starter. It's probably going to be Mitch Trubisky. And it's not like Kenny Pickett is some otherworldly quarterback. Like he should be fairly successful, but he is not the type of quarterback who's going to win offensive rookie of the year. It's that simple. No disrespect to him, nor do I mean any disrespect to the other rookie quarterbacks. It's just not going to be a quarterback this year. And then you go to. Receiver who one of them obviously won it last year in Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase is a rare, rare, rare type of player. And Justin Jefferson, he lost the offensive rookie of the year race a few years ago. He came in second place. Guys like Chase and Jefferson, they do not come around every year. We're very lucky as NFL fans to have seen two guys enter the NFL in consecutive years to have rookie seasons like that. That is not the norm. At all. They are both the exceptions to the rule. They are not the rule. It's probably not going to be a receiver this year because there is not a Chase type of guy. There's not a Jefferson type of guy. Again, Jefferson, he was drafted in the early 20s, so people didn't think he would have that type of success. He was seen more of, you know, as a, a shifty slot guy at LSU, not the high volume guy that his teammate was, who, in case you were wondering, that was Jamar Chase, the guy who won Offensive Rookie of the Year this past year. But There are no receivers who I really think will come close to the production that those two had. Uh, Drake London, I don't see getting that type of production. Garrett Wilson definitely won't get that type of production. Jamison Williams, he might be injured to start the—well, he he is injured as of now. He is coming off the ACL, but he might not be healthy to start the year. He probably won't be fully healthy for any part of the year, simply because an ACL is something that takes time to fully recover from, even after— You are, quote-unquote, healthy enough to return to the field. Traylon Burks, I don't see having that kind of production. I just don't see Jahan Dotson in that Washington offense. I don't see having that kind of success, that award-winning caliber of success. So I don't see it being a receiver. And the last position then that it could realistically be, it's probably not going to be a tight end. That's just not a normal thing that happens, like, at all. Rookie tight ends usually are not very good. Kyle Pitts was a complete exception last year. He That was not normal. He's a, a freak. He's a freak of nature. There were no tight ends, and this was a very deep tight end class, but it was not that type of class where you had one guy who was a true monster like that. Uh, but the only position left outside of offensive line, which, you know, they should get consideration, but unfortunately they don't, Um running back that's the only position and you didn't have any first round guys this year you did have Brees Hall taken very early by the Jets in the second you also had Kenny Walker and there were some further down the board guys as well but they probably won't get quite that much volume so if I had to choose between those two Kenny Walker and Brees Hall that's a pretty easy decision for me I think Brees Hall is the better player and he's going to get more volume in that Jets offense because it is going to be a run-first offense this year with the New York Jets. And Brees Hall, he's going to get a ton of touches. Michael Carter is probably going to get, you know, anywhere from 5 to 10 touches a game. Brees Hall, he's going to get anywhere between 20 and to 25 a game. So he's going to have a lot of work this year. Last year in college, he had 1,472 yards, 20 touchdowns, both of which were actually a little bit less than what he had in 2020 which speaks to just how consistent he has been in college in his career so far. Top 10 in Heisman voting each of the past two years. So he is a legit player. He is a really, really, really good football player. And that should translate to the NFL as a true home run hitter at the running back position. So for me, he's a pretty easy choice for this award. There are two receivers I could possibly see winning it. Sky Moore replacing Tyree Hill, sort of not It's not like, you know, a one-to-one direct replacement. He's obviously not as good as Tyreek, but he should soak up some of those targets in Kansas City, so he has an outside shot. And if Jameson Williams, who I did mention earlier, if he does prove to be very healthy, if he does get really far along in his rehab process, and he shows at least most of that explosiveness that we saw last year at Alabama, he could absolutely be in it because he is electric on the field when he is healthy. So that's my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Brees Hall. Defensive Rookie of the Year now, this was one that was probably even easier of a pick for me to make than Brees Hall. It's Aiden Hutchinson. He's the most polished defensive player in the draft last year. He's a freakish athlete as well. People don't really speak about that just because he's such a, you know, he's so polished, quote unquote. But it's not like he isn't a good athlete. I mean, he's a monster. You look at his RAS, you look at his combine numbers. He's a, he's a monster athletically. He's also six foot seven, which doesn't hurt. And he looks like he's going to be star immediately if you watch him at Michigan. And this has become a pass rushers award in recent years. Like, you've got guys like Chase Young and Micah Parsons really won it for his pass rushing efforts. He came in second last year for the Heisman as a defensive end. And I think you could argue that there should have been another one in the Heisman voting, Will Anderson. I think he probably should have won it. He wasn't even a finalist. That's a conversation for another day. But he came in second place in the Heisman voting as a defensive end, 14 sacks and 16 and a half tackles for loss in just 14 games. And obviously, it is a different level of competition. You're comparing college to the NFL. But when Chase Young won Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2020, he did that with seven and a half sacks. So, different level of competition. But you look at the production that Aiden Hutchinson had in college. And it's pretty clear that he's going to carry that over. Like, that is going to translate to the NFL game. Um, And he's also not going to get a ton of attention relative to how much he would have gotten if he were drafted to a different team. Because you do have the Accora brothers, you have Charles Harris, you have Josh Pascal, you have all these guys who are also going to be rushing the passer on that Detroit defensive line. So other teams can't focus all of their attention on Aiden Hutchinson. I don't see Trayvon Walker winning the award. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as Aiden Hutchinson. I think that Kyle Hamilton is probably his best competition in Baltimore because he's a monster at safety. He should put up some really good production. He should put up some really good numbers, and he should have a really big impact on that defense, as well as opposing offenses. He should really scare the life out of some other quarterbacks. If the Kobe Dean is healthy, he could be a guy. He fell because of health concerns. He fell to the third round, which was a shock, as many of you, I'm sure, remember. But those are the only two guys I could see even competing with Aiden Hutchinson. Outside of those two, I mean, it's it's clear. And I think that out of the seven awards that I have, that I have picks for, that seems like the clearest choice to me for the winner, Defensive Rookie of the Year Aiden Hutchinson. So now for my third award, Offensive Player of the Year, I've got Jonathan Taylor. And the thing with JT is that just like Brees Hall, who I mentioned, he was ridiculously productive in college. But Jonathan Taylor was probably more productive even than Brees Hall. I mean, he was a monster at Wisconsin, taken early in the second round a few years ago. In his second season, so 2021, he had... 1,811 yards on the ground, as well as 18 touchdowns, led the league in both those numbers, 106.5 yards per game, as well as that. He also had 40 catches on 51 targets for 360 yards, which is pretty good for a running back. That is excellent production. And this is a guy who did come in second place in Offensive Player of the Year last year. He did have 10 first place votes. So he is going to make a big push for 2,000 yards and probably 20 touchdowns. Like, if he has that kind of year, he's a good bet to win the award. You look at Derrick Henry, who won it in 2020. He won that award with 2,027 yards on the ground and 17 touchdowns in 16 games. So there is a difference there in yards per game because he did have 126.7 yards per game on the ground, and Taylor only had 106.5 last year, but he could up that number significantly, that 106.5. He's a super talented player, and last year was only his second year in the NFL. You have to remember that. This is a really, really young guy. And while he does have a lot of tread on the tires, especially with how much he did at Wisconsin, he is a super, super talented player. And last year, in total, receiving and rushing, 2,171 yards and 20 total touchdowns. That is really impressive for a second-year guy, and he could absolutely push for Offensive Player of the Year. And it's not as if it's rare for a running back to win this award at all. It's usually a quarterback or a running back. Last year when Cooper Cup won it, that was an anomaly because receivers really do not win that award often at all. But it's probably going to be a quarterback or a running back. And there are a few guys you could watch out for if Derrick Henry is healthy. He wasn't towards the end of last year because he had the foot injury. But if he is healthy, he could maybe repeat. He could win it for a second time. And sometimes the winner of this award is the quarterback who came in second place in the MVP. That does happen sometimes. So if there is a quarterback who does really, really well, but does not win the MVP, maybe like a Josh Allen, for example, if that happens this year, someone like him could end up winning this award. So that's why I think Jonathan Taylor is going to win it. He's going to be more productive, I think, than any other guy and he's going to show that he is one of the best running backs if not the best running back in the entire National Football League. So, moving on from offensive player of the year, I'm going to go to defensive player of the year, and I've got Miles Garrett, and he is a freak of nature to put it mildly. He's he's a monster at defensive end. First overall pick back in 2017 for a reason out of Texas A&M, and I think that when you look at his candidacy, Entering the year, it might be tough to deny him of this award again if he has another one of those Miles Garrett type seasons because he has consistently been a really, really, really excellent player. And TJ Watt last year also had an amazing, amazing year, but he might be hurt a little bit from voter fatigue. You have to keep that into account with all of these awards. You have to take that into account. You have to keep in mind that voters really don't want. To vote for the same guy two years in a row, it's just a thing that they naturally tend to do. They just don't like voting for the same guy back to back, so that might hurt Watt, regardless of how well he does. If he puts up another monster year, maybe he will win it again. But you do have to give the slight Garrett, the slight advantage to Garrett because of that little thing, at least in that sense. But he was a super good player last year. Sixteen sacks. He was the number one guy amongst edge rushers with a twenty eight percent pass pass rush win rate. Last year. So really, really, really productive on a snap to snap basis. Second behind TJ Watt with thirty-three quarterback hits. Tied for the lead in pressures with TJ Watt. Top ten in hurries last year, which was actually above TJ. So entering the year, this might be a two man race between Garrett and Watt. I do think though that there are a number of things in Garrett's favor. Like he's just a really, really good player, and he is due. To win this for the first time in his career because he hasn't yet, but he has consistently played like a Defensive Player of the Year caliber guy. So I think that he is finally due for one. Those 16 sacks last year, that was not a coincidence. He has consistently been a dominant, dominant player. And I think he's finally going to put that all together this year and win his first Defensive Player of the Year award. So now, moving on from that to my fifth award, I have Comeback Player of the Year. And I think that it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. And he has been hurt the past two years, only played 10 games total, three games in 2020, seven games in 2021. So as this is with pretty much every other comeback player of the year candidate, with a couple of exceptions, this is contingent on health. It's contingent on him staying healthy, being more healthy, being more available than he has been the past two years. But when he was on the field last year, he was still really productive. He still had 4.5 yards per carry, and he was within 0.2 yards of his career high in yards per touch, his career high from his best season. And in 2019, the last time he was fully healthy, he had 2,392 yards and 19 touchdowns total. He had 1,000 yards both rushing and receiving, which is insane. That is a really, really rare feat in the National Football League. So, when he is healthy, he's incredibly productive. His last fully season, he put up a monster year. And the past two years, when he is still playing in games, he does very well and he still looks like the same old Christian McCaffrey. It's just that he hasn't been available for as many games as you would like. So, this is a really big year for him. If he does prove to be healthy and has a typical CMC year, this is his award to lose without question. If he's not healthy, though, Then obviously, he's not going to win the award. It could go to a guy like Lamar Jackson, who was hurt towards the end of last season. It could go to Derrick Henry, who I mentioned before had that foot injury. But I think that this is Christian McCaffrey's award to lose, in my opinion. Again, could go in a million other directions, but that's what I think it's going to be. And now for coach of the year, I've got Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. As I spoke about in my power rankings video, Hopefully you guys listened to that, and if you did, you would know that I had Buffalo as my number one ranked team entering the season, so there's a very good chance that they do end up being the best team in football, which does often portend who the winner of this award is going to be, and there are a lot of good dark horse candidates, quote unquote, that would have their candidates used depend on many, many variables, like how their team improves in certain ways, what their team does, whether or not certain coaches like Sean McDermott have quite as good of a year as we all predict. Guys like Dan Campbell, Robert Sala, Doug Peterson, those are a few guys that if their teams really exceed expectations, they'll have a viable candidacy for this award. If the Chargers really dominate, like some people think they will, watch out for Brandon Staley. He could be up there for this award. But I think Sean McDermott, he has proved in his time as Buffalo's head coach to be one of the best coaches in the NFL without question. and. If that team puts it all together this year, Josh Allen has an excellent year. The defense really puts it together, which they I don't have much question about whether or not they can because they've been excellent the past couple of years already. As long as they play to expectations, he's going to have a good shot at winning this award. If they exceed expectations, if they have a 13 win, 14 win kind of season, Sean McDermott is going to be in a really good position when it comes to winning this award potentially. So that's my pick. Again, this is an award that it could go in a ton of different directions. It's not the easiest award to predict because there's so many good coaches in the NFL. And this is also a heavily narrative-based award. But there is still that constant link between the best team and who the winner is. It's much more likely, if you're the best team in the NFL, that they're going to win it. I think that the Bills are probably going to be the best team in the NFL. And Sean McDermott is an excellent coach. So if they're firing on all cylinders on offense and on defense, and if special teams isn't a disaster, I think he's got the best shot of anybody in the NFL to win this award. Which leaves us with one more award, the MVP, most valuable player, and I personally think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Now, he did lose Tyreek Hill, as we all know. But I think that it's still going to be one of those absurd Patrick Mahomes years. I mean, they have really improved the offensive line over the past couple seasons, adding guys like Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown, Trey Smith, guys like that. They're really going to help him. And Sky Moore, who I did mention before, could be in the running for offensive rookie of the year. He's going to soak up a lot of those targets that, they're, that, that are opened up because they lost Tyree Kill. So guys like that, they're really going to help Mahomes. And in his MVP year, he had 5,097 yards, 50 touchdowns to only 12 interceptions in 2018 when he did win the award. And last season was certainly not bad. He's still close to those heights. He had 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 picks, which is still really good. Obviously, the touchdowns aren't quite there. But, you know, he could certainly reach those numbers that he reached in 2018. He's fully capable of it. And this is another narrative-based award. A lot of the time, if a quarterback, regardless of how good he actually is, of how valuable he is, if he's the guy who's leading the most successful team in the league or the most successful offense in the league, he has a very good shot at winning this award. Like a couple years ago when Matt Ryan won it, I think he was a very good candidate for it and he was certainly one of the more valuable players in the league. But if you were to say, let's take Matt Ryan off of this offense and plug in another solid quarterback this offense is still gonna have Kyle Shanahan at the at the helm it's still gonna have Julio Jones it's still gonna have Devante Freeman like you know I don't mean to go after Matt Ryan but it's a lot of the time the guy who's at the the, the head of these super successful offenses and I think that that very easily could be Patrick Mahomes this year and he is in my opinion the best quarterback in the NFL so it's not going to be like He's just winning it based on the, the narrative. No, he is legitimately the best quarterback, I believe, pound for pound, the best player in the NFL as well. Um, and I do think that this is an award. I think that there are some very interesting conversations that can come out of it because individual value often is overlooked. It's It does often go to, as I said, more of that narrative-based kind of thing, I, I guess, Um but individual value was really overlooked. And I think that my favorite example is Derek Carr back in 2016. He should have been the MVP. They went 12 and four that year. But when the Raiders lost Derek Carr towards the end of the year to the broken leg, Matt McGloin, terrible. Connor Cook, terrible. Got murdered by the Texans in the wild card round. Like it was really brutal. The Brock Osweiler Texans smoked them. They smoked the team that had one of the best offenses in the NFL when Derek Carr was there. But when they lost him, at the end of the year, the wheels absolutely fell off. So when you took out that guy, that one guy, the team was terrible. That's what most valuable means. He means more to the team than any other guy across the league. Because when you remove him from the equation, the team gets significantly worse. That's what most valuable should be. A lot of people don't realize that people who vote for this in the media they don't acknowledge that they just look for who's the guy who led the best offense in the NFL who's the quarterback of the team with the best record in the NFL I think like when Brady won it a couple years ago he might have been a, a, a good example of that like Derek Carr he should have won it that one year but he got hurt so people said oh that was bad for his candidacy if anything that was good for his candidacy because it just showed his value. So I think people's priorities when they vote on this award are a little bit messed up. And I I could go on about this forever. I'm not. But I think, you know, those are my thoughts on it. I think that Patrick Mahomes, besides the fact that he is the most valuable, he is the true most valuable player in the NFL. Like if you took him off that team, they're going to be a lot worse, even if Andy Reid is still going to coach up a really good team. Patrick Mahomes is super valuable and he does fit those typical Pieces of criteria, those typical types of things that voters look for, even if they're not the best markers of whether or not, in my opinion, someone is the most valuable. He does fit those things. So I think he's going to be the winner. Watch out for Justin Herbert, though, on the Chargers. If he has a monster year, like a lot of people think he will, he could absolutely be in contention for this. And someone else who people definitely have to watch is Aaron Rodgers. He's obviously been the back to back MVP. He's been my pick for three straight years prior to this year. He was my pick for three straight years, Um, and that did work out two of those years. The first year, it didn't quite work out, but I'm shifting gears for this season because I just think Mahomes, he's going to be out for blood this year. He is probably very upset about that AFC championship loss. He wants to go to the Super Bowl. He wants to win it all again. He lost Tyreek. He knows what he has to do to make up for that. He's going to be out for blood. He is going to go on a rampage this year. I think he's going to have a monster year. And I think that that is going to lead him to the NFL Most Valuable Player Award. So those are my seven picks for those seven awards. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Brees Hall. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Aiden Hutchinson. Offensive Player of the Year, Jonathan Taylor. Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett. Comeback Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey. Coach of the Year, Sean McDermott. And MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I'm not going to pick like the the Walter Payton Man of the Year award or things like that. Obviously, that's the most important award in the NFL, but there's no way for a fan to really predict who's going to win that award. Like it's just not possible because who knows who the nominees are even going to be for each team? Who knows what those guys actually did? And it's not up to us to judge who did better in that category, you know? Like that's not something that we could really guess but those are my picks for those seven awards i hope you guys enjoyed should have some new episodes coming out soon some interviews will be coming out relatively soon as well hopefully so yeah catch you guys later thanks for listening